This is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, Kodo listeners. This is Matt Hoist from the Kodo News Team. Welcome to another installment of Off the Record. Tonight is the second of our two candidate forums for the candidates running for seats on Telluride's town council as part of our election coverage. Tonight we have uh, three lovely candidates with us in studio. We are joined by Mark Hebert, Mian Fee, and Kristen Joy Kuhlman. All three of you, thanks so much for taking some time. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's also, a quick aside, a special thing, because this is our first program inaugurating our new soundboard installed by our electrical engineer extraordinaire, Eric and Sarah Teven. Quick shout out to them. They've been in here all week installing this brand new board, and it's a beaut, so uh, this, is our, this is our first program with it, so <laughs> had right. to give a bit of love there. Anyway, on to um, the candidate forum. Some pretty basic rules for the evening. We're going to try and keep responses to around two minutes. Um, we got some questions that I have prepared for all three of you. We're going to start with opening statements and with closing statements. And listeners, it's off the record, so if you want to, please give us a call with any questions you have for these three candidates running for seats on Telluride's Town Council. That number, 970-728-4333. But as promised, we're going to start with opening statements, keep it to roughly two minutes. And Mark, we are going to start with you. Yeah, this is Mark. Um, so thank you for having us, first of all. But um, I'm kind of running because too many of my friends have been kind of forced to leave because of, of the housing situation. And uh, I've got a lot of housing and uh, real estate development experience, uh, primarily with employee housing or uh, student housing, which is very similar to employee housing, except it's generally nicer and cheaper. Uh, and fits more beds in. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of why why I'm running. I've got a lot of economics experience as well. Um, And then also, you know, management of retail and and, uh, restaurants here within Telluride area. So I think I at least know a lot of the different industries that would be affected by by decisions and policies that are made. Um, So that's kind of why I'm here. Terrific. Kristen, your opening statement. Hey, um, it's Kristen Joy, and um, thank you for having us. I am so happy to be running. I've been thinking about this for many years. I've lived here like 28, 30 years, and um, it's finally time. My my kids are gone. They're off to school and work and different jobs and such. And so I have a lot more time on my hand. Um, I've been incredibly blessed um, in so many ways. I have this amazing family. I have... um, um, been, I'm the proud lottery winner of uh, affordable housing, which I rent to two people, and I just um, want to give back publicly to the place I love so much. Thank you, Mian. Your statement. Awesome. Thanks, Matt, um, and thanks to everybody that's listening and participating in um, this election. Telluride's been my home for almost two decades now, and I want to ensure that everyone in this community has access to as many opportunities as I have had over the years. 
Throughout that time, I've served and led nonprofit boards, mentored business owners, and grown a successful business and industry in this region. Um, I think I'm uniquely positioned amongst the candidates as someone who has a true grasp of the complexities of our tourism ecosystem and the unique challenges of running a successful business in a remote destination. Awesome. Um, we are just going to jump right into it with some of these questions. And, you know, it's Telluride, so we're pretty much going to start with housing, as I think most people probably expected. Um, so for each of you, I'm curious, what do you think Telluride needs to do to reach housing sustainability sometime in the next 15 years? And Kristen, we'll start with you. Um, well, we've got we've got a, quite a situation on our hands, which I think was a, lot of, uh, a reason why a lot of us are here. Um, I think we need to continue to work on the projects that the current council has put in motion. They've done an incredible job, and I look forward to working towards those and coming up with new ideas. Um, I have so many ideas, and some of them are probably viable, some maybe not, but it's it's always good to get the mind going. Um, so I am ready to do that, and I'm very excited to do that. All right. Man, question to you. What are the steps you think town needs to take in the next 15 years to reach some level of housing sustainability? Sure. I think it's important to recognize that the solution to our housing crisis is going to look very different to everybody based on their own circumstances. Um, and it's really important to realize that we need to address all of those perspectives. Um, but I think that what we need to be doing right now is to aggressively focus on both short-term and long-term solutions. In the short term, I think we need to ensure that there is appropriate incentivization of the current property owners in town to fill their EDUs, their employee density units, um, with our vital community workforce. Um, I think the emergency winter housing plans are really promising. Um, and I think that the current projects that the town council, the existing town council have passed are incredible um, and will do um, a lot to produce um, a significant ease to the workforce housing crisis that we have currently. But I also think that as a regional community, we need to create further development that will allow the workforce to plan their long-term futures here. And that the town of Telluride, Mountain Village, the county, and all of our stakeholders need to work together to create a very comprehensive plan for the region at large that's inclusive of a robust regional transportation system. Hmm. All right. Mark, same question to you. The steps we need to take to get to some level of housing sustainability in the next 15 years. Yeah, so I think within the town limits of Telluride, right, we're kind of limited on how much land is available to actually build. And I think that's kind of a big component of it. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to live here and not enough space. Um, so we can make a dent in it with what I think the town actually has right now. But we have to work more, too, with the county, uh, with Mountain Village and a bunch of the other towns around here to try to get maybe better transportation and that sort of thing too, um, but help kind of develop the surrounding region as well as Telluride. But we have to think more than just what is currently within our, you know, town limits. And there might be, you know, expanding limits or something like that too of buying more land and having that become part of Telluride as well. But All right. Another housing question, a big issue on this year's election, is also two ballot questions that are focused on housing. Um, question 2D, which has been proposed to do several things, including impose a, a cap on short-term rentals where they are right now, 
and double business license fees for short-term rentals to raise money for for house, affordable housing development. And then there's also question 300, the citizen initiative that's been proposed to, to cap short-term rentals at 400 and issue those licenses through a lottery. Um, and both of those are on the ballot. They could both pass, neither could pass, one could pass, the other couldn't pass. Um, but another big part of this is that town council actually also has the power to, to modify these once they've passed 300, they can modify six months after it's passed 2d, they can modify it immediately after it's passed. Um, but just, I'm curious from, from each of you, what your positions are on each of these ballot questions and how you feel about them. And mean, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, I think both of these ballot initiatives represent the growing community concern about housing in our workforce. Um, I think that what they both also show is that everyone's beliefs about uh, affordable housing and the community at large have far more in common than we previously thought. Um, I'm really grateful to the group that brought forth Proposition 300 to the forefront to start this discussion. It's because of their hard work that we finally have a community mandate and the population and the, our people are saying that we really do need to address our housing needs. But I don't think that their proposition is the solution. Um, I'm incredibly concerned about the potential loss of tax revenue and jobs um, that would be associated with this particular effort. Estimates have shown that we could lose up to $45 million in tax revenue and 235 jobs. I can't think of 235 people in this community that I would want to see forced to leave as a result of this initiative. 2D is the alternative that addresses the issues without decimating our regional economy. I think there's still some tweaks that could be made to this ballot initiative, but I think that it's the most viable of the two options. And I am I'm hardened to think that we can call both of these up and we can make sure that both of these are right and do serve the greater good for this community after, after they're um, voted on. All right, Mark, same question to you, your positions on the two ballot questions. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with me in here. Um, you know, I, I, 2D seems to work, you know, putting a true cap um, on the number is not a bad idea. Uh, but 300 kind of, I think is a little more too aggressive. You know, it's actually a cut, it's not a cap. And I honestly, I, I signed the petition to get it going too. Um, so I, I support the kind of structure of it initially, but some of the things that have been put in there, I think are a little too aggressive. Um, like one thing is the cut. Uh, there's also, it puts a increased business fee on anybody that has an employee in town um, for any business. Uh, there, also the lottery system just kind of seems uh, like not thought out well enough, I guess, because it could just be anybody that has been renting for you know decades and has been here for a long time and maybe just has one house or something like that. They could lose that. Um, meanwhile, somebody who has five or six units in town could keep some, you know? So I think, uh, the lottery system doesn't work and it's all, it's every year there's another lottery too. So even though you had it this past year, you might lose it next year and you don't know what happens after that. It's really hard to invest in a community where there's that much fluctuation of your income or your investment. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, I'm not really for that and I'm not really super supportive of voting for something that you're planning on changing afterwards anyway. So, and that's what I think would kind of need to happen for this to make sense for the community. Gotcha. Kristen, your position's <laughs> on the two ballot questions. Well, can I say ditto? No. <laughs> um, I agree with both um, you guys. I, I'm very happy, like Mian said, that 
the citizens brought this forward. It's gotten uh, us talking, it's gotten council talking, and it's got the town talking. I mean, people are really much more, I think when people are talking about this so much, they're much more involved to get involved and show what they really think. So um, I think 300, um, again, I, I think it's a problem because it's kind of messing with property owners' rights, and I don't think that's right. Um, now, 2D, on the other hand, I support. I think that um, it's good to put more money. You know, these people, you know, they don't have unlimited money, but they have enough money to pay more for the license. And this goes directly to where we need to put it, affordable housing. That's what we're all talking about, is where is the affordable housing. So um, I'm definitely for 2D. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We actually have a caller coming in. So we're going to bring them up. Hi, you're live on KOTO. What's your question? Am I the first caller on uh, on the new board? You are the first caller on the new board. Congratulations. Score. Um, I have a question for the uh, uh, the candidates regarding housing. The town is currently considering um, winter camping in Town Park. If they could address that issue, including the challenges uh, that staff has to deal with, uh, town staff has to deal with, on um, such issues as uh, electric power supply, getting that set up, and uh, dealing with gray water. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that issue, but I'd, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. Thank right. you. Thank you for your question. And just to, to quickly add some background for any listeners who aren't familiar, um, town has had a proposal to allow camping in some town park parking lots, some other parking lots during the winter to alleviate some of the housing crunch. So just your general thoughts on that idea and some of the potential limitations of doing that and how you would be for or against it if you were on town council. Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I kind of support the, uh, at least the idea of it. Um, you know, you got to read into a lot more of the details as well, but uh, I, I really do support the idea of it. I mean, when my first summer living here, I was forced to camp the entire summer and I was working out at the peaks, got a membership jet there because they, they, they only uh, shower in the area for a gym. So, um, you know, I've been in that position before and I think it's actually a pretty good one. It's not going to solve everything, but it at least helps, especially with the people that, you know, kind of get kicked out without much warning. You know, they got a month and they got to try to find a place to live. What are you going to do? And, and that can maybe help uh, solve some of that problem. So support that at least all right Kristen your thoughts on it potential limitations would you be for or against it I would definitely be for it um, especially in the winter um, you know I know that there's issue with the cross-country and so forth but you know I feel like you know cross-country skiers can ski in and around the people that are there and so um, I'm definitely for it and um, just like you were saying, I, you know, sent, spent my first week or two sleeping in the park. So <laughs> I'm familiar with it, and um, I'm all for it. All right. Mian, same question to you. Okay. Um, I think that it's an excellent and vital temporary solution for our current workforce. Uh, we need employees for our businesses, and our employees need homes. 
I think the original plan that was proposed last winter um, in the original location wasn't feasible, but the alterations and adjustments that have been discussed by Parks and Rec and led by Stephanie Jacquet have um, really alleviated much of the concerns that everyone had about the original plan. And it's something that we'll be able to put, put in place and implement this winter. It's not the first time that something like this has occurred in Town Park and in other areas um, in the region. And I'm hoping that it'll be successful and give us opportunity to allow um, our employees to continue to stay here and remain in the community while we address the issue and come up with more permanent solutions. All right. Listeners, if you are just tuning in, it's off the record tonight is the second of our forums for candidates for Telluride Town Council. We have with us Mark Hebert, Mian Fee, and Kristen Joy Kuhlman. Um, if you have a question you would like to ask for these three candidates running for Telluride Town Council, Give us a call, 970-728-4333. And for anyone who is not uh, paying assiduous attention to the the races, there are four seats up for election this year, um, which basically, by all the math, means at least one of these fine folks will end up on Telluride Town Council. (laughs) we got three of the six candidates here, so at least one of the folks, maybe two, maybe all three, um, is going to end up on um, Town Council. So call in with your questions. We are going to turn now to the T word, tourism. It's a big part of our community, um, but also a part that I think a lot of people have strong emotions on, especially at this point, especially at this election. So my question for each of you is, how do you want tourism to evolve in or not evolve in Telluride um, over the coming years? And Kristen, we'll start with you. Um, well, I mean, we all love it here. This is the obvious point in the room. And... Um, you know, I don't want to keep people away from enjoying it just like we are enjoying it. So tourism needs to go on and continue. Um, I think the marketing issue, you know, maybe we need to do some different type of marketing, marketing more about what the way people may behave once they get here. You know, once the whether they're visiting or they're going to visit and then stay long term. So I think we need to take a hard look at what we're doing with the marketing. I think the marketing team has done an amazing job, but I think that there are ways moving forward that we can change that. And um, I'm looking forward to contributing to that. Man, same question to you. How do you think tourism should or should not evolve over the coming years here? You know, our tourism economy is, it's a comprehensive industry with so many facets, Um, whether it's outdoor adventuring or fishing, um, the ski industry, weddings, corporate events, camping. And so when you really think about it, it's, it's a, we're a community whose financial stability is based on, a multi, on multiple industries and organizations. So it's far more diversified than it seems. Um, and that's due to the concerted efforts by multiple organizations over the past few decades to ensure that there are varying groups and market segments that are drawn to the area. I think um, we've done a really great job at making sure that we have enough business to sustain the community, to provide jobs um, to the people that want to live here. Um, and I think we need to take the next step in managing um, managing our tourism industry. And that's um, in marketing within the destination, that's in creating um, ways to be able to ensure that the carrying um, capacity of our community and the crowd disbursement, visitation management is addressed and handled in a way that allows both our visitors and our local population to continue to enjoy the town they love so much. 
Mark, same question to you. Yeah, so with the tourism, you know, it's a, it's vital here, right? I mean, the, without tourism here, the, the community really wouldn't be successful or as successful as it is, especially. Um, and it wouldn't be the same place that it is now. And I think, uh, you know, the tourism board has been doing a great job. And I'm kind of in favor of not rocking the boat on that. You know, if they're, if they're doing good and people are coming here, pe- more people are coming here each year. Um, you know, why mess with that? So I think I think tourism board's doing good and I don't want to change much that's going on there. Let them keep doing what they're doing. All right. Another uh, big, maybe less sexy, but important part of being on town council um, is budgeting. Town council's in budgeting season right now. It's going to take up a lot of your time if any of you end up on town council. Um, so I'm curious what experience you all have with budgeting and and kind of also just frankly in general with just more of the the nitty-gritty logistics of local government i'm really just kind of curious you know about the the not sexy stuff the procedural stuff the logistical stuff the financial stuff what is the experience you all have with running complex things and um and making those organizations run and mean we'll start with you i have quite a bit of experience running complex things Um, as a business owner here in the community. um, We consistently run budgets um, for anything and everything that we do. Um, And we're also consistently running large teams of individuals and departments um, and vendors and companies in order to execute to a final vision. Um, The budgeting is definitely not the sexiest part of any job whatsoever, but it's also the most vital thing that we do. The budget ultimately is our roadmap to the success of any project or any initiative that we're doing. And um, so I think that with my experience running my own company, with my experience um, working you know, with all the different entities that come in to a budget and all the different departments that would be reporting in and needing specific elements that I'm well suited to be able to understand those conversations, provide valuable input, and create budgets and um, financials that will allow us to address our long-term goals as a community. Mark, same question to you. Yeah, so I used to be involved in banking, and I have a lot of experience within finance. And I've also, uh, you know, before coming here, I, I started a couple companies and got investors for those. So they required a lot of really in-depth budgets as well. Um, but to me, I, I mean, I love finance. So actually, budgets are sexy to me. <laughs> is that, is that your campaign slogan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think your budget's sexy. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I, I really do enjoy um budgets and, and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm actually, uh, and I have a lot of experience with creating them and, uh, you know, coming to terms with, with them and actually having them be in line or at least pretty close to what reality ends up being. Um, so I think that's actually, you know, something that could be very helpful as well. But hmm. Kristen? I, I don't think it's sexy, but I do think <laughs> numbers are fun. I'm definitely a numbers person. I um, have a lot of experience in finance. I used to work in finance for Merrill Lynch. I have started and run several companies, um, small companies. And um, I have, um, I used to have a strategy company and a lot of the strategy projects we did were coming up with budgets and helping them to find ways to get money, you know, whether it's write, grant writing or fundraising, et cetera. So um, 
I don't shy away from the finance part of the job at all, budgeting part of the job. I actually look forward to that part of the job. Hmm. Um, a similar question in the vein of the nitty gritty of government. I'm curious if you all can just share the experience that you have just in terms of local government, whether it's serving on commissions, being on boards, being engaged with, with you know local organizations, but just kind of the experience you have in terms of understanding our local government and, and being able to hit the ground running when it comes to being one of the leaders of a you know pretty large organization. Kristen, we'll start with you. Um, I have some experience, not a ton of experience, but I, um, I used to be the executive director of the Pinhead Institute. And so I spent a lot of time in, you know, working with um, both the community, the people who were part of the Institute, and also, um, you know, writing grants to find, you know, to get money for the projects and so forth. I also, when I was living in Santa Fe for a year, I was on the Arts and Council there, and so did similar projects there. And so, you know, when we, both in Santa Fe, more in Santa Fe than when I was running the Penn Institute, we had to work with town government a lot and, you know, make sure we were asking the right questions, listening to all the different people who had interests in what we were doing. Man, same question to you. I have um, had the fortune of working with um, all of our local governments pretty extensively over the course of um, my time here in Telluride. Most recently, um, through the course of the pandemic, I was asked to represent um, the wedding and events industry on the Economic Recovery Committee, working with Mountain Village, the town of Telluride, and the county to ensure that you know we, as a, as a destination, rode the pandemic out and came out on the other side of it successfully. Um, but through the course of my career and my job here, we work constantly with the town of Telluride and Mountain Village, um, whether it's um, getting permitting for specific events, um, dealing with zoning matters, parking, um, reporting, um, crowd management. We work and um, very, very closely with most departments in both the town of Telluride and Mountain Village. And so those processes um, and those relationships are, are pretty deep and, and well-founded. And so it's been, um, it's a pleasure to be able to kind of work within those parameters. There's some, some good barriers there to be able to, to jump over and to be able to use to be successful. Mark? Yes, yeah, so I haven't had a lot of work with, I guess, government within Telluride, uh, but you know, prior to moving here, the, most of my work within government stuff was kind of a, um, relating to meeting about getting you know things rezoned or stuff like that, um, kind of getting variances and uh, permits approved, all that stuff. But it's not really nothing within the government, I guess I would say. But. All right, um, pretty hard to have this. Uh forum without bringing up the C word, COVID. It's kind of been the thing that's been running our lives, it seems, for the last year and a half on and off. And um, while I would, I, would, I would pray to any higher power that be that none of you will have to deal with COVID if you make it onto town council, because it will be a thing of the past. I think that is just not, a, that's not likely. I think COVID will come up one way or another. So um, if you are on council and COVID flares up, let's say there's a new variant and maybe we need to, to consider new measures, maybe we don't. Um, but if COVID stays with us and becomes more severe, um, being on council, 
how would you think about whether or not to reinstate public health restrictions and how would you balance the needs of public health versus the economic needs of the community? Mian, we'll start with you. It's a weighted question, um, and it's one that we've been, or I've been at least thinking about and dealing with for the last year and a half now. Um, you know, the well-being of the community at large is is tantamount to the success of us, uh, you know, as a, as a community. And I think we have some really great people that are advising us right now. Grace Franklin has done an incredible job and made some really tough decisions um, with far more education um, and knowledge of the subject matter than I do. And so if if we get to that position, if we are in that place, you know, I would once again look to her guidance, um, but it does need to be carefully measured and weighed against the um, the well-being of, of all of our businesses, of our community, um, and the, the mental health um, tolls that it could potentially take on um, the individuals living here if we were to shut down again. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I am kind of echo that same thing. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor in, uh, in you know, diseases or infections and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, you got to rely on the experts for, for a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, and, and especially if, if you're talking a new variant or something like that, that's a, a lot of that stuff, it kind of, rules tend to change a little bit, I guess, with that, you know, things things evolve and, and stuff like that as well. Um, but I think vaccinations are really important um, and I encourage everybody to get vaccinated and I think that's kind of the best mitigation here. Um, but other than that, and that right now, we've got to wear masks and that's what county and experts recommend, so it's kind of what I would support. But. All right. Kristen, your stance on how you'd approach COVID. Man, COVID is COVID's difficult in so many ways. Um, I've had to deal with it in my family, and I'm sure all of us know people who have had to deal with it in the family. But um, I, I think, you know, I, I echo a lot of what you guys say. I think Grace has done an amazing job. She's had to make such difficult decisions and I think she's done fantastic I think she's made the right decisions and you know for the most part people are following them people are doing what you know so we have this great leader you know that is helping us through this helping counsel through it um you know again I I I encourage people to get vaccinated I know that that is like a religious issue for a lot of people but you know education is key and so perhaps more you know educational events um you know i mean people can watch the news and they can read about it and so forth but you know if we get it on the ground in telluride you know where people can talk with each other maybe people can ask questions in private you know there's a private way to ask questions if you're concerned about getting vaccinated or not and so that's one of the things I would do is start to have those discussions on the ground with um, town and create events where people could talk about it gotcha um, another fact of life here in Telluride is that we have a very large Spanish-speaking and immigrant population um, that is a pretty significant part of our community around 30% or so by, by a lot of estimates um, so as a member of town council, what would you do to, to try and make our community more integrated, try and make that part of our community feel more welcome, feel more a part of our community and just kind of improve 
the the bonds in our community when it comes to the the immigrant non-immigrant parts spanish-speaking non-spanish-speaking parts how would you really try and, and and bring those parts of the community together to to be more cohesive mark we'll start with you yeah i mean i guess that kind of comes i think uh there's a lot of a lot of them live in uh you know employee housing in chandoka i noticed them there I, I live in chandoka myself um but aside from that you know it's, not all of them are U.S. citizens either, and I think it's great that this town right now has a, has an ability for people to vote, even though they might not be registered U.S. citizens, right? And I think that's, you know, as you mentioned, they're still a big component of this community and a big part of this community, and I think they deserve their voice, voice to be heard. And that's kind of one of the things that concerns me about, um, I guess, this, uh, this ballot measure like the 2B, uh, which involves a little bit more of the voting rights stuff, and kind of in there too, it, it would actually take that away from people who aren't registered U.S. citizens. So I think that's kind of an important thing to look into as well, especially for them. But I'm not sure if 2B would isn't that with the Home Rule Charter changes, but actually I thought that's what it thought I, they crossed out the uh, alien registered or registered aliens or something like that. I think there are there are, there. there are changes in there to allow more people who are are not u.s citizens to serve on town commissions and things like that oh, okay i don't believe those changes would take away the ability of of non-us citizens to vote until you're at elections gotcha. the way i read it, it it was different so i might have to reread that but well we <laughs> uh had a conversation with the town clerk actually and I think oh, that, yeah? that was how okay. she explained it to us just want to make sure we're getting the gotcha. right information out there Valid. um Kristen. Oh, man um well these are my friends i mean these are people that i consider you know, very, I'm close with them. And I, I um, think we have to have more of a we attitude than an us and them attitude, which I think is, you know, what some of what you were referring to, Mark, you know. Um, but I, I think part of the way we can do that is to get people more involved with each other. You know, again, events, you know, what are those events? I haven't thought them all out, but getting people to know each other better. Getting, I think the library does a great job with the Spanish, you know, the, the Spanish classes and the reading in Spanish. And I think that, you know, that's a place where people are gonna get together. I think we can learn. These people are brave, amazing people who come from amazing families. And we're all, you know, distant immigrants you know and we are have to think of ourselves as one and i think we need to start getting um people more um people involved in events together you know help you know i think the immigrants can help a lot of us too so let's do that and let's help each other mm-hmm. man you know, our Hispanic population is is truly probably the, the true backbone of our community. Um, and in my work in events and in the restaurants, um, we work really, really closely with so many incredible people um, that we that I tend to not necessarily see quite as much, um, you know, in sort of the day-to-day, you know, here in Telluride. It does feel like everything is fairly segmented still. Um, I, but I think, you know, to Kristen's point, I think there are organizations that are truly reaching out, and I think that those inroads are being um, 
made bit by bit. I think it's going to be a really slow process, but with the programming at the libraries, with dual immersion in the school system and school activities, we're starting to see our community blend in ways in, in the past five years that I didn't see in the in the previous 15. And so I think we're we're taking all of the right steps. I think like with everything, like with everything where there are diametrically opposed viewpoints or backgrounds, as long as we all continue to reach our hand out and listen and try and understand everybody else's viewpoints, it's going to allow all of us to have those conversations um, and create a more cohesive community. Hmm. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, this is off the record. We are chatting with three of the six candidates running for Telluride's town council. We have with us in studio Mark Hebert, Kristen Joy Coleman, and Mian Fee. If you have a question for the three candidates, give us a call, 970-728-4333. Once again, that phone number is 970-728-4333. Another important issue for our community is mental health, um, cultivating it, sustaining it. It's We live in a place that can be hard to live in, and it can often take a toll on your mental health. Um, so as a, a member of council, how would you think about the role government should play in supporting mental health in our community? And what would be the steps that you would hope to take to, to use your power as a member of town council to make our community as mentally healthy as it can be? Kristen. Oh, man. Well, I, um, I have a lot of experience in this as a, I'm a licensed therapist and I spent many, many years doing um, counseling both with you know with all groups and also with um with I, I did group therapy and then i worked in all different ages i used to work at san quentin state prison and i did art therapy with those people so it was incredible experience so how would i contribute and how would i approach the mental health of this community it's so critical that um we ad- allow people to talk allow people to feel safe and allow people to be listened to and to feel like they can say the things they're afraid to say, that they can ask the questions that they think they're not supposed to ask. We need to help them to be able to do that. You know, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the exact situation that we can do that, but I think we need, you know, if I'm a member of council, you know, start creating up systems i know i know we have the resource center and that people can call in and talk to people you know all hours but um i want to again i'm i'm all about people interacting you know face to face not as much just on the phone i mean the phone is great that's very helpful for a lot of people but um i would definitely find ways to allow people to ask questions talk and be hurt. Man, same question to you about behavioral health. Sure. I think our role as, as government would be really be in the funding and support of the organizations that address these needs. Um, we've certainly seen over the past few months the toll um, that a myriad of factors have been taking on our community, whether it's um, issues with the pandemic and not seeing family or um, job instability, economic instability. Um, and housing um, instability have all sort of culminated in a community that I think um, is 
is in a more precarious place than I've ever seen them. Um, but as government, I think our role is to support the organizations that know how to provide the services um, and support to those entities and to those individuals that, that need the help. Mark? Yes, I mean, obviously there's been a really depressing trend of you know suicides going on you know within the last year or so. Um, and I think that's something that definitely needs to be turned around. Um, you know, and I'm not saying I have all the answers for that or anything either, uh, but I think more mental health professionals or psychiatrists within the community could be very helpful. And especially, you know, if it's kind of, you tie that to employee housing or something like that too, if, if, you know, they maybe get like a heads up or better, you know, move up on the list by coming in and working with so many, uh, employees within the community and stuff like that. Cause a lot of people, you know, they're just getting by paycheck to paycheck. A lot of these people that have issues are just getting by and can't necessarily afford a psychiatrist or anyone to help them really. Um, and I think it, it's, you know, important and it's kind of our responsibility as a town to help them get help. So, hmm. um, Environmental issues. Our region is a destination for environmental tourism. We have some really beautiful nature out here and people love it. Um, but at the same time, climate change is making that more and more precarious. I think every summer it seems like now we're, we're more and more scared that a wildfire might do some really unthinkable damage. Um, and, and we're just seeing the effects of an unstable climate maybe destroying our winters too. So we're seeing a lot of threats from that. As a member of town council, how would you approach climate change is a threat to our community, make our community more climate resilient, and mitigate the impacts that we are having in terms of our changing climate. Mian. In order to really address the climate um, changing um, aspects in the community, we need to really look at it, you know, on multiple levels. I think, first and foremost, we need to ensure that when we're um, approving new building code that everything is at a net zero um, level. I think that we need to ensure that we have plenty of public transportation so that we don't have people driving in and out of the Box Canyon on a regular basis. Um, and I think we also need to plan as a community for a day when we may not have consistent snow, when we may have wildflowers, we hopefully will always have wildflowers, <laughs> um, wildfires, uh, so that we're, so that we are prepared for what truthfully is probably an inevitability at this point. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I, I know, uh, there's been a bunch of meetings within town council about, uh, you know, what we can do with climate change or what we can um, implement as far as how to get uh, to net zero by, I think, was it 35, 2035, something like that. Um, and and it, obviously it takes a while. Uh, and, and, you know, we're a very small town, so we our impact is negligible, I guess. It, it helps um, in the grand scheme of things for the world. Uh, and anything we can do kind of can be used as an example as well. Uh, for other communities, so that can kind of jumpstart things. But, you know, we're not really the end-all, be-all, so I think it's just kind of more of a how do we convince people to make those changes more so than the government themselves enforcing those or forcing that on people. Um, and I think just kind of public perception and, and education, I think, kind of helps out the most with that. Kristen? Agreed. I mean, education is so important. Um, I... Um, this one's a big one for me. I, you know, I would love, and I, you know, 
I would love for Telluride to be a one of those no drive communities. Um, you know, obviously we'd have the buses and I think people can pay to get permits to drive for the jobs because people, you know, people have to drive. Some people have to drive. A lot of people never have to drive. I don't have a car. I don't drive. So um, that's one of my goals that I want to push forward. Um, you know, agreeing with me and I mean, we need to look at the building code and make sure that things are net zero. You know, we need to, you know, again, I don't want to police things, but we need to encourage people to, to make that the way that people want to be. And again, that comes through education. So um, I think also that leads me back to my marketing point, you know, marketing including how we want people to behave once they get to Telluride, once they live here, once they visit. You know, we are a town, the way this place is so beautiful is that we protect our environment. We love our environment and we're going to take care of it. I mean, I think one other thing we could do is look into getting a CO2 report, you know, and just like every day on the planet, we could have the little, you know, meter telling us where we're at. So I think if people saw that, they would make a difference in the, their actions during the day. Hmm. Um, you know, I wish that as, as members of council, you know, you would have time to address all the issues we've been talking about this hour. And I have a hunch you will not be able to because so many things happen. There's a limited amount of time, unexpected things pop up. And um, there's just a lot you all would have to do if you are on council. Um, but nonetheless, I'm curious, given that there are going to be constraints on your time, on your energy, on resources, for each of you, what are going to be just the top three priorities you have as a member of council, the top three issues you push to get on the agenda, to get through, that you will spend your time really making sure by the end of the time you are on council have been accomplished? Because you're not going to have time to do it all. Mark? Uh, for me, uh, number one is obviously employee housing and, and getting more more employees in housing here, right? And having more more available beds uh, within town or the surrounding area. Uh, second, I think it, mental health is a really big issue. Um, and so that's kind of, that's a close second, at least to me. And then tourism is kind of what funds our, our economy here. So anything we can do to make things easier or better or attract more tourists, I think that would, uh, would be something to work on too. But. Kristen? Um, I, you know, it's it's all of our big issue is housing. Affordable housing for all the people. We need to solve that problem. We need to work on that problem. I know earlier when I asked the question, you, when you asked the question, you said the 15-year plan. I mean, we need to think of the 15-year plan, the 30-year plan, but we need to think of the right now plan as well. And I know that current council is doing that and I think all the community is thinking about it not all the community but a lot of people are um, second I um, the environment it's a big one for me I definitely want to focus on that and making ways to keep this place the beautiful place it is and my my big one other one is I want a rec center I think we need a rec center I think we can you know find someone to sponsor it, get somebody's name slapped on that thing, and um, we can charge people to use it. People will pay to use it. I mean, you have to pay like 150 bucks to go 
the peaks, or I think, you know, which no one can afford, but our visitors can afford, you know, but our locals need a place where we can have an indoor pool, a climbing wall, a weight room, and so forth. Man. I think my, I mean, my top priority um, has always been the health and well-being of the community here at large um, and how, as the government, we can support everyone that lives in and loves Telluride. And, you know, I'm going to just kind of second most of what everybody has said and I think what everybody believes. Employee housing is key to the um, health and well-being of the community. Um, but also, I think, really managing our tourism um industry with crowd disbursement and visitation management in order to ensure that everybody gets to live and love Telluride the way that they want to, that the town does stay um, as a destination that we've all moved to, that we've all grown in and and loved. Um, so utilizing utilizing the financials and utilizing the budget to make sure that we're ensuring that this town that we love so much is the same town that it will be in 20 years i think is going to be this um the success of of the government so it's housing tourism and budget and budget gotcha um i would like each of you to tell us what you think sets you apart from the rest of the candidates running i think tonight we've had a lot of moments of agreement some moments of disagreement um, but I'd like you to each take an opportunity. What are the skills, the experiences, what is it about you that sets you apart from the other candidates and makes you the candidate that you feel the voters of Telluride need to vote for? Kristen. Oh, man. Well, I'm, um, you know, I've lived here 30 years, so I am local. Um, I know this place. I've grown up with this place. I've seen the changes. Um, I've raised two children here, and um, I have had businesses here i've worked in so many jobs i can't even i couldn't even tell you all of them and i have um experience with government i have experience with um the spanish community community the immigrants and experience um with the schools and um pinhead and um this mountain and etc so i think um that's what sets me apart. Me and I have almost two decades of business experience within this community. Um, I've owned and operated businesses throughout recessions and growth and pandemic-induced industry shutdowns and the subsequent economic compression that we've experienced recently. That experience has been really hard-earned and will be an incredible benefit to the community as we shape what our future looks like. Um, I believe my experience, my knowledge, and the relationships within this community can help our government address the current needs of our town and plan for the needs that we are, will have in the future. Mm. Mark? And uh, so I've probably been here the uh, least out of everybody. Um, or the, the shortest amount of time for anybody running. Um, but I think I bring kind of a fresh perspective uh, to the position as well, uh, just by having a lot of involvement in other industries that aren't really represented on the board right now, um, and a lot of development experience too. So I think, uh, you know, and with townhouse or employee housing being kind of the primary issue amongst most people's eyes, um, I think I'm, I'm pretty creative as well with that. I did win a uh, innovation competition within the real estate industry. Um, I also have a patent for a little bit more technical stuff, but uh, yeah, I've got a little bit more unique experience and, and probably a little bit more fresh perspective to 
hopefully make a little bit more change and a bigger, more beneficial impact for the town and community. Mm. Um, we're going to have a bit of quick short answer here. So just try and keep the answers brief. These are just kind of quick fire questions just to get a bit more out. Um, some silly, some serious ones, I'll, I'll warn you. Um, <laughs> we're going to start with you, Mian. Uh, Telluride would not be Telluride without blank. The people that live here. Mark, would not be Telluride without blank. I think tourism. Kristen, would not be Telluride without blank. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what is your favorite Telluride tradition? Festivals. Like the whole festival season, every single one of them, just going to the festivals and basically partying for the whole weekend. And <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're, they're great for the community and a lot of people get to experience it. Sorry, that's too long. <laughs> no, no, no worries. It's a, short enough. Kristen, favorite Telluride tradition? People. People watching, people talking, being around people. <laughs> Me and favorite tradition. Off season. <laughs> um, Kristen, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh man, <laughs> um, Big Bang Therapy. Ther <laughs> Big Bang. <laughs> that's my. I watch that when I need to laugh and I need to smile. That's what I watch. Uh, Me and guilty pleasure. I mean, it's the same thing. I think it's everybody's right now. Netflix. I thought you were going to say Big Bang Theory, too. No, I, I do watch that, actually. It's, it's some good mindless TV. Mark, guilty pleasure. I think dancing. It's, I li Yeah, I like to dance. Love. I'll see if there's ever a DJ at any one of, like, OB's or Woody or wherever, I'm probably going to be there. Mm. Mian, what is your campaign song? Oh. Or if you don't have one, what would it be? Um, I don't have a campaign song, but I guess I'm going to just kind of lean into, you know, Queen B and go run the world with Beyonce. Mm. Mark, campaign song. I think probably uh, We Built This City by Starship. Oof. Kristen? <laughs> Everyone knows. Joy to the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are going to wrap this up, giving each of you two minutes for closing statements. Give us your final word, your last word to our listeners about what you would do on council and why you feel that folks should head to the ballots and uh, vote for you. Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been kind of echoed throughout this interview, too, is, you know, employee housing, employee housing, employee housing. Uh, you know, try to get more of that around here and uh, try to make it easier and more accessible for, for people who want to try to live here. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of experience within that field. Um, and I think I can bring some good ideas and some good opportunities for that so all right Kristen closing statements um well thank you so much I'm so excited to be here um I um I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to you guys and I'm gonna act for you guys and I'm gonna do what needs to be done I'm gonna focus on employee housing environment getting us a rec center and bringing our people even closer together. Man. I hope to really be able to create a community um, that's more sustainable, both ecologically, emotionally, fiscally, um, to be able to use the incredible resources and talents in this community to ensure that um, the destination is successful um, and that the people that live here um, can stay and make this their, their permanent home. All right, folks, you heard it here. We are joined by Mark Hebert, Mian Fee, and Kristen Joy Coolman, three of the six candidates running for Telluride's town council. 
And if you wanted to hear from the other three candidates, Dan Enright, Jesse Ray Arguez, and Geneva Seanette, you can hear them because we did the same thing with them last week at our first candidate forum. That is available at our website, koto.org. We also have a podcast that's basically our newscast on a podcast platform, um, Koto Community Radio News. You can find it on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. The recording of this full session will also be online, also on the podcast in case you missed anything. And um, before we wrap up, another quick plug for the rest of October, we're going to be having other election coverage. Next week, we are going to be chatting about the two housing ballot questions, 2D and 300. The week after that, on the 19th, we're going to have a special off the record, all in Spanish, going over all of the election materials um, in Spanish for our Spanish listeners, our immigrant community members. On the 26th, we are going to be chatting about some of the other ballot measure questions, including some of the changes to the town's charter amendment and also a question looking at reallocating lodging tax revenue and what the town can do with that revenue. And then uh, November 2nd, it's the big night. It's election night. Tune into KOTO. We're going to have the most up-to-date in- info on um, which of these fine folks ends up on Telluride's town council on uh, November 2nd. Hopefully we'll... Well, no. Hopefully, it's not going to be like the presidential election. I think that was. <laughs> I think. I think. I think we can count faster than that. Um, I hope. But anyway, Mark, Hebert, me, and Fee, and Kristen, Joy, Coleman. Thank you to to all three of you. Really appreciate you taking some time and chatting with us. Thanks, yeah, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, listeners. And don't forget, if you can, go out and vote. This is KOTO Telluride.